0: this is better Well with caleb williams i want to talk about iul versus whole life and i've kind of come to the point where i want to tell people where things are at i do not want to be in the convincing game i think early on i um definitely was thought i it was my world like duty in life to convince people the way i think i want to hear from you because i know you have a pretty strong you, you have a strong stance on this and i think yeah. the way that you think because you said life insurance, like don't rely on putting all your money into life insurance and the loans and all that stuff because who knows what's gonna happen with interest rates and all that stuff. And there's just unknowns. What I found when it comes to the IUL whole life conversation is IUL in a certain vacuum looks incredible and and it's very much sold as an investment. Now there's some people that are talking about borrowing against and all that stuff. That's a whole nother story that you might be able to touch on, but it it's it sounds really, really good. And as a life insurance component, I go like, yes, the, that's that's powerful. Why do you steer away from that completely? And if you're someone in the market looking at it and, and thinking between IUL and whole life, what would you tell them? Because I really want to take a, a, a side stance here and listen to you. And because I'm in the business of I want to tell the truth. I want to point people in the right direction. And I don't want to be known as somebody that's just not open to the other innovations in our space.
1: Yes. So part of this comes with experience, and it's culminated, I think, by a quick story of a 75-year-old guy calling me one day and saying, I just got the new bill for my universal life policy that I've been paying into for 40 years, and it's triple the premium, what's going on? And this was not anything that I had helped him buy. He was calling me cold, wanting help. And that's what happens with universal life. It doesn't matter whether it's variable universal life, regular universal life, fixed universal life, index universal life, or the cows come home universal life. There is a structure there that fails long term 90% of the time. Now, for that extra 10%, if somebody's comfortable taking that risk, they're welcome to. I will not be involved. And I think when you draw that line, you bring people up short and they realize, well, something's going on there. And here's what's going on. When death is a guaranteed event, absolutely for certain, even though earlier I used the if word just to help people that couldn't quite get there. But we can all, if we step back, acknowledge that death is a guaranteed event. You want to have whatever product is associated with that event, to be guaranteed 10 ways to Sunday, like every possible thing about it to be guaranteed. And so it's not okay to add a rider to make a product guaranteed when the underlying product is still problematic because the way universal life works is just exactly like term insurance works. And the underlying price of the insurance goes up, 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 up. And so unless you happen to hit a long, long period of time and be in that 10%, and I'm just totally guessing on that amount of the world that could absolutely positively be certain that the stock market was just gonna do fabulous for them. And there would be tons of money in that index universal life because we've all seen the illustrations and how unbelievably awesome they can look. The nature of the universal life contract, the language, the way it's priced, the way it's structured is not, Okay, because it fails long term. And that poor guy is not going to have any insurance. He's not going to have any cash value. And he's not going to be able to do a dang thing about it. And I will not be privy to any one of my clients dealing with that. I've already made enough mistakes with investments and other things. I don't need the one area that could be guaranteed to not be guaranteed.
0: Kim, is it a fair statement to say? that cuz i've i've also had conversations with people that are as adamant if not more on the other side and is it is it fair to say that life insurance is not an investment part of the problem that we've gone way in left field is we have to try to make it like an investment cuz right. we don't understand it enough and so we have to right. make it look like an investment and bash yep. other things for people to buy it so is it fair to say that if we are looking at at an investment like if you're if you're gung ho about the market and where you're just, it's either this or this, that's one conversation, but you're what you're saying is, listen, we're not even like, I don't sell whole life insurance as an investment. Right. It's a place to store capital. And Logic says, if you're gonna store capital in, on a place, why would you wanna store it in a place that there's a chance of it not working out the way that you think it is? Cause that's a place no. to store capital.
1: And, and that's why I prefer, the use of the word cash instead of capital to make it crystal clear that yeah. what we are talking about is a savings account equivalent. Yeah. And it is not an investment. I won't let people talk about it as an investment. I don't want to calculate it as an investment even though I could you could absolutely argue and prove that it's close. That is not the discussion that we're having. And in fact, if you want to do index universal life with that other agent, please go do that. I will not be involved at all and do whole life so that you have the certainty, the guarantees, and your liquidity dialed in in a 100% for sure space.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.